everybody else. Uh, welcome to our podcast where we talk about the band and music of the band, Def Leppard, from Def <laughs> to Us Party. From <laughs> Def. All right. Awesome. Yep, it's our uh, podcast that's always been called From Death. <laughs> till till, till Death. <laughs> from Death. From Death till Us Party. Yep. Uh, it, this is your number four source of Def Leppard news and trivia on the web. So thank you for joining us again, making us your go-to destination or your fourth go-to destination. Uh, so we're talking about Def Leppard. I'm your host, Stuart Wellington. With me, as always, is... Alex Smith. Alex Smith. <laughs> uh, and we're just two buds talking about our favorite band, Def Leppard. Yep. And tonight we're going to be talking some more about their first album. Uh, their first album is called On Through That the Night. Night. On Through That Night. Mm-hmm. And we are on Side B. Now, uh, what are some of the, just to, uh, just to in case people haven't had the chance to listen to our Side A podcast, uh, Alex, can you refresh us on some of the major themes in the album so far? All right, the major themes of On yeah. Through the Night. Uh, it's built around this, uh, this broader theme of cultural interaction and movement. Uh, sure. Sort of like xenophobia versus assimilation, walls going up, walls coming down, fears that a foreigner uh, made of stone or some kind of scary uh, building material is going to move in next to you and start banging your sister. Um, those, are the, those are the broad themes of the whole thing. Uh, it, it, so it's very much about cultural mo- mobility, I suppose, uh, on through the night you know, kind of uh, invokes this this image of, of people traveling uh, clandestinely to a foreign land. Uh, on a more literal mm-hmm. level, uh, it is the story of Def Leppard uh, literally leaving Europe, coming to America. Uh, Joe Elliott, as you pointed out in the last episode, uh, meets a vampire woman. Uh, he, yep. he falls for her, uh, probably because of her immortality makes her like a suitable match for him. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons to fall for a vampire lady, Alex. Probably. Yeah, it's true. Uh, there's the, they're, they're in a league that they have alabaster skin. Mm -hmm. They have hair that is dark as night. They have the ability to cast a glamor upon unsuspecting dudes. Yep. Well, wait, that wouldn't be a reason why I would fall in love with a vampire, though. That would be the way I would fall in love with a vampire. But I wouldn't be no, like, I wouldn't be like, wow, it's really great that this that my girlfriend can cast a glamour on a bunch of other dudes. I wouldn't whoa, think that whoa, that whoa, was whoa. great. Wait, we're putting labels on this love now. You got has got to be your girlfriend. Yeah. Well, no, but the the advantage of uh, the advantage would be, say, you guys, I don't know, you need a late night snack. I mean, she doesn't. Uh, or at least her concept of a late night snack is going to be different. But say oh, yeah. you're hungry, you're hangry, <laughs> and you go out to, uh, I don't know, you go out to uh, like a Shake Shack, and you want to get one of them burgers, you want to slam a burger in there. Sure. But you don't have any money, so you can have your, I guess, girlfriend, you're calling her, who's a vampire, uh, use her glamour on the on the person who was working the register, and sure. convince him that sh- he doesn't need to charge you for the, uh, the, sh- the Shack burger you're about to eat. Okay, but that puts me in an ethically weird situation where that's basically stealing. So you're saying I'd fall in love with this girl because she would allow me to steal and like upset the economy in some way? That's the. I, 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 I mean, 
I, I feel uh, like I feel like the ethical dilemmas that would put me in on a regular basis. Plus the fact that she's by, by her very nature a murderer. Those are those. These are it, the the cons are starting. There you go, putting labels on there again, dude. <laughs> the cons are stacking up though. Like really in this in this relationship. But uh, okay, so but but anyway, it, it it doesn't matter because this album is not about me. And if it were, it don't it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter at all. If it were about me, it'd be a much different album, uh, yeah. with much more boring songs. But the um, so he falls in love with a vampire, Joe Elliott. Uh, mm-hmm. He builds a fake uh, satellite to impress her. Uh, okay, and then he t- brings her into the satellite. He. Uh, uh, makes a move on her in the satellite. He feels her up and then the entire world ends and all the walls and buildings and everything come crumbling down and all the people on earth die. And that's the end of side a of on through the night. Okay. So it's time. Uh, let's, let's fire up this sweet piece of mm-hmm. uh, music. Alex, you want to uh, do oh, a lead yeah, yeah. into the first track off of side B? So you've, po- so you've taken the tape out. Yeah. 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 You've, you've swapped. You flipped that side. You've flipped, flipped it, it over. And now you're pressing the play button on side B. Here we go. Side B, track one is called Wasted. Stuart, that one really cruises. You can really, it's just cruising right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right off, the, right off the gate. Right out of the gate. It's it's banging in your ears. Why'd you have to say right off the gate? Right off the gate. You have to remind, <laughs> right off the gate. You had to remind me what a monster I am. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, for those listening at home, uh, the other day, Alex almost crushed his new dog with a little dog puppy. Gate. Little puppy dog wonderful little little boy he's a real good boy and uh and i tripped over the dog gate with a bunch of snacks and beer like a like a monster asshole uh just lumbering lumbering through the house over this puppy with snacks and beer that he wasn't going to get to uh partake in and (laughs) fell my knee landed on the dog and he howled for about uh, i don't know 20 minutes and i lost two years off my life crying on the kitchen mm-hmm. floor so was he was he howling or whimpering like a dog it, that is dying it was a oh god, oh god. It, it was it was somewhere between a howl and some kind of uh siren like a car alarm or something because he was just going wah, 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 wah. that's pr- that's pretty close to what he was doing okay um, <laughs> and he just did, yeah, he you, did that you got for a, you got a real ear for uh, mimicking dog voices. He got as far away from me as possible, turned towards me, and made that noise as if to say, like, get away from me, you horrible, horrible monster that's trying to hurt me and that offers me no safety and security in my life. I think the question everybody at home uh, is asking themselves is, how were the snacks? <laughs> they were delicious. I got some <laughs> I got some cheese queso and some of those scoop-style corn chips, which are great. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if, if you are listening at home, if you're the person who invented scoop-style corn chips, thank you. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. Please. And thank you for sponsoring our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm honored. I'm honored that you are listening to this. So uh, here's going to be here's my segue. 
Were you lying awake all night thinking about your dog? No, no. I, I had some bourbon and, and got, got over it. Um, plus, he was sleeping so peacefully next to me after, after we reconciled. So. Sure. After you let him lick queso off your beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, right into Wasted. Uh, this, is a, this, this is a little more of a personal tune. A little personal tune? It, it is on, on one level it's a personal tune, and then on another level I think it's part of the ongoing story of, uh, of On Through the Night. Um, Why don't you explain yourself? <laughs> my whole self? Everything I've ever done? Yeah. Or just... Yep. Summarize it in the, over the course of this podcast. Well, mostly I've looked out for myself, really, in life, uh, and that has uh, made me very comfortable, but I haven't taken a lot of big risks, and that's probably also put me in a rut in, in a few places. But anyway, the fact that the world ended at the end of side A... Sure. Of on so we're the going night. big picture. We're going through I'm, big picture. I've like decided it. to go big picture here, Stuart. Uh, uh-huh. The fact that the world ended at the end of side A of On Through the Night really uh-huh. raises the question to the listener of, are we listening to a chronological series of events represented in song, or are we listening to some kind of split narrative? Uh, is is this song? Does this song take place immediately after the end of the world in some kind of post-apocalyptic world, or there's a an alternate theory about the chronology of this of this album, which is like a split or a parallel timeline chronology? Uh, wait, wait, the time stream split at some point? Not at some point. What it okay. the 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 two most common theories about how to interpret on through the night are one that everything happens in order side side A leads leads into side B and side B continues on. Uh, the, yeah, the, it's tradi- traditional narrative technique. Tradi- you turn the page, the story continues. Exactly, exactly like a like a book, uh, and. And then there's the, the parallel timeline, which is that side B is occurring at the same time as side A. So, so this, this song would be happening sort of at, if, if Rock Brigade happens before Hello America, then Wasted is happening during Rock Brigade. And, Concurrently, yeah, okay. And, and Rocks Off is happening during Hello America. So like, um, so they're simultaneous stories with perhaps different, uh, you know, different protagonists and things like that. I'm not as big a fan. I, I think the album is a lot simpler to understand if you just think of it as a chronological thing. There is a third theory of how to understand this, which is the, which is the, um, I think it's called the inverse parallel, uh, which is, um, which is that? That's probably right. I'll check that up on Wikipedia. I think it's called the inverse parallel where side B is occurring, uh, inverse to side a mechanic. And this is, this is, People like this a lot. It's kind of romantic because it, it's like the mechanics of a tape, of a cassette. Because when you're listening to a cassette, side B is happening backwards underneath what you're listening to. Uh. And so, so basically what that would mean is that, uh, is that Overture is happening at the same time. The Overture, the last song, is happening at the same time as Rock Brigade, the first song. And then they move towards each other at the split. Uh, but that is crackpot, and I don't think I don't really think it makes any sense. I leave I leave stuff like that to to the guys over at uh, Definitive Lep. I, if they if they want to play around with theories like that, sure. Uh, I don't I don't want to really truck with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, going on, uh, wasted. Obviously, uh, an easy interpretation is that it uh, it reflects the 
the songwriter's uh, state of mind. Yeah, how fun, how fun it is to get drunk. Uh, it's it, that it's if, on the surface, it's just a fun song about doing drugs and getting drunk and how great that is. Um, yeah, 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 a life that kills. Kills being obviously slang for is really awesome. Is, is radical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's um, stuck in a hole. That's totally about getting it on with some beautiful babe. <laughs> <laughs> Losing control. Hey, man. When you're partying, these, you, you don't want you want to just trust your body. These things are all great. It's a lot like that song, the Third Eye Blind song. That do 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 that song. Oh, that one. They sang that. Yeah, they sang do 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 do. That was do, Third do, Eye do, Blind. Do. Yeah, Third Third Eye Blind. Um, okay, I thought we were going to talk about other band songs on this podcast. I didn't want to, and then you dropped that bomb in the last episode. You brought up money for nothing. I, that oh, <laughs> blaming me again? Yeah. Okay, so and that, so um, I so I came up with parallel songs for all, for every single one of these songs to talk about. <laughs> but uh, Third Eye Blind, do 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 do. You think is just a fun song about doing heroin, but then you find out that he's got a girlfriend or something, and there's like a darker side to it. You know oh. what I mean? It's like the end of Mad Men when you're like, he was married the whole time. Yeah, I I didn't see Mad the end of Mad Men. I haven't seen the no, last I mean the first season. Uh, the, the pilot episode. Pilot. Oh, episode I have Mad seen Man. that. You're right. Yes, it is. It's exactly like that, and it's a lot like Money for Nothing as well. It's uh, <laughs> okay because he's getting chicks for free. <laughs> yep, yep. And because and he's not working. And because there's a darkness underneath it. You think it's just a fun song that's mean about <laughs> about people, uh, but there's really like a darkness there okay. too. So speaking of darkness, uh, you want to give us a little hit of that sweet, uh, sweet chorus? Yeah, we should definitely hear it. Wasted. We are rambling on a little bit. I'm shooting a line. Yeah, you are. And then we're back to the riffage. We're we're just cruising there. Um, So... Wasted, I've wasted my time, wasted, wasted, I'm shooting a line. I, I like that he says, I'm, I've wasted my time. Because, as I've said before, in my interpretation of this, of this album, and, I, and I, I hope in yours as well, I hope you're on the same page with me here, uh, the... We'll, we'll see. Uh, this is a post-apocalyptic tale. Uh, he is Okay. He is literally stuck in a hole, hallucinating mm-hmm. about uh, a former love, and self-medicating with pills and alcohol. And so he's and possibly his love could be the the country that he's come to know and love at this point, uh, New America. Yeah, well, th- if you take it to another level of of allegory, yes, it could just sure. be it could just be that the walls coming down means that there's other people uh, around. It's very it's very rich uh, rich layers of storytelling here. But the so wasted I've wasted my time. Wasted I'm shooting a line. I'm stuck in a hole. He's regretting the choices he's made in his life before he got stuck in this uh, literal hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say literal hole because he then we 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 get to the to the little build up part in the middle. Let's let's hear that. Listen to him go insane right here. There's nothingness everywhere. And then we're into the solo. 
Okay, so he's got to get out. Won't you help me? There's nothingness everywhere. He's calling out to the heavens saying, I am stuck in this hole. I'm miserable. I've wasted my life. I want to be with my girlfriend. Uh, sure. My girlfriend, New America. Or, or my girlfriend, the vampire, if you want to put labels on what we have. Um, I prefer not to, but continue. Um, Stuart, do, do you feel the same way about this? Do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of your earlier interpretation of the song about how it's kind of uh, it's it's basically a singer songwriter talking all about how much he loves getting drunk and partying because uh, nothing screams nothing screams party like nothingness everywhere. <laughs> Won't you help me get out? Yeah, yeah. Like, or, so you're out on the dance floor. You're yeah, yeah. yeah. You're raging. You're just raging. You're you're yep. running on thin air. Couple of raging Cajuns, uh, raging on uh, Pajun, uh, uh, amazing, <laughs> crazy. We, uh, we did agree we weren't allowed to bring up Aerosmith songs. Okay. So now you've opened parent Pandora's box. Uh oh. <laughs> Pandora, wait, that's a Aerosmith. That's a that's an Aerosmith album. Yes, it is. Uh, so. Uh, I've got to get out. Oh, won't you help me? That, that I could hear that. That's almost like <laughs> we're going to keep comparing things to songs. That's like in the, in the song shout, you know, when you, when you get real low, when you're at a wedding and you're doing shout and, uh, yep. and it, and it, by it, tears for fears. No, no, no. The, you know, you make me want to shout and it, uh, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. The tears for fears version. <laughs> yes. And, and you're, you're everybody on the dance floor is getting real low and then I think that happens in that song, doesn't it? And then, and then it builds back up to being maximum volume. That's what, so I've got to get out. Won't you help me? I've got to get out. Won't you help me? Can't you see a wedding crowd just like, just kind of slowly standing up and pumping their arms into the air? Can't you see that happening? Yep. I can see the section? entire cast of Animal House at a toga party doing that exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of wasting time, I think we're about at the end of the time we have set aside for wasted. Any final thoughts, Alex? No, just that this is a real banger, man. Uh, this is just a straight banger. This song uh, is about th this is as solid as it gets, really. Um, I, I think this is a classic, awesome song that makes me want to get real drunk and get stuck in a hole. Yep. So climbing out of that hole. Literally and and the other way. Oh, climbing out of that hole, we get right into Rocks Off. Yes. Track number two on side B. Why don't you hit me up with a little bit of that sweet juice? I'm putting my shades on for this. Okay, so it's real jangly. It's real fun. It's got right off the bat, we hear the crowd going crazy. It's, People are loving this. It's bubbling. You're like, I didn't know this was a live album. Yeah, I mean, they just the live cut was so good. They just stuck it right there on the uh, on the tape. They're like, keep it now. Right, uh, just looking at kind of let's say a uh, a literal level. This clearly seems to be a song about having fun with some groupies. Yeah, you know. Uh, Get, uh, you know, hanging out with some beautiful babes and partying. Well, this, yeah, uh, this, this some is some kind of leather jacket little girl that he's talking about. Right. So the first, so there's, we could just read the lyrics to this because it's very, it's a very le uh, lyrically thin 
song. Uh, I think because it's supposed to, you're supposed to dance as much as possible in this song. It's more of a physical thing than a mental thing. But it's, uh, well, we were getting ready just the other night when a knock on the dressing room door gave way to a leather jacket girl who we'd never, ever seen before. In her red satin dress and her high-heeled shoes, she took us all by surprise. And when she asked us what we wanted to do, well, she said it with her eyes. Just get your rocks off. So she came into their dressing room to get their rocks off, to get Def Leppard's rocks off. Yep. What does that mean, Alex? Uh, well, there's, uh, there's a couple different ways to take it. Uh, okay. Like, like I've said before, with, with all great art, there's a couple different ways to take it. Um, You've said that before, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that a lot. Yeah, okay. So rocks off could mean... Uh, just having fun with a lady sexually. Um, oh, okay. Or it could mean, and I think it does mean in this instance, we're, we're talking about uh, the Rock Brigade, if you, if you, uh, if you happen to know. Um, the oh, that army of rock men that are invading our town? Yeah, if you happen to know uh, On Through the Night Side A, there's a song at the beginning of that called Rock Brigade that uh, is about uh, where at the end of the song they reveal, Def Leppard reveals that they are the Rock Brigade. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, and so, so she's there saying, "Get out of town." No, not welcome. <laughs> no, she's not. She's helping them get their rocks off. Do you remember? Also, we determined the way that you, uh, the way that you, quote unquote, defeat the rock brigade is to get them to dance. So perhaps, oh. perhaps when they dance, they shed their rocks. Oh, like a molting, yeah, like it's, an ecdysis. It's, like, it's it's molting. So if you take it literally, it means Def Leppard, the the rock brigade that's invaded the town, invites this uh, this cultural ambassador into their dressing room, and they dance, and they lose their rocks. They lose, and figuratively, that means they lose what makes them scary to everybody else around. Okay. So as they're dancing, their uh, their rocky terracotta shell kind of sloughs away like a snakeskin. Yeah, and they're able to, I guess, kind of join up. Yeah, and they're and they're and they're more accepted. It's cultural assimilation uh, through. And it also, it also brings up the uh, the reoccurring theme of a vampire woman who can cast some kind of a glamour on uh, on people. Yes, uh, perhaps this is the using uh, her the, eyes. The the vampire the vampire woman. Sorrow um, is this woman, is what you're saying. Her name is Sorrow. Oh, no kidding. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, Sorrow Sorrow is a woman. So, uh, and then the second verse, I think, just backs up what, what I'm saying this is about. When we finally took the stage, there she was, but she wasn't on her own because she'd brought some friends, maybe five or six. Yeah, she must have been on her phone. And when they started dancing and jumping around, well, we couldn't believe our eyes because they'd got the whole damn audience rocking and they'd got us paralyzed. Just get your rocks off. So they're, they're saying, hey, guys, get your rocks off because now the town, everybody in the town now loves us. This is the, this is the end of the movie where the, where the outsiders are accepted and everybody comes together and claps for them and celebrates them. So truly... Like Dirty Dancing. Yes. Just like Dirty Dancing. Uh, truly uh, a, a, a good story. Um, the, the fact that she is the one that brings all these people in. Now, you remember also on Side A, we had a, we had a song called um, It Could Be You. That you. It could be me? <laughs> it could be anyone, Stuart. Where you pointed out that the, 
that the sound of the chorus was like an empty auditorium. Yeah. Uh, that they weren't getting the response from the crowd that they wanted or they weren't getting people to show up. Well, that's, that, that has changed here. We've, okay. we've done it. We've gotten somewhere. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've grown as rock men and become just men. Exactly. So, yeah, this is a this is a thin little tune. It's a lot of we got a jangly dancing beat. You got an audience cheering in the background. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's it is again, it's it's supposed to be about you're supposed to spend most of this song just dancing and not thinking because it is a it is a three minute and 38 second song that has 38 seconds of lyrics. Mm-hmm. And most of the rest of the song is just this jangly guitar part going just over and over and over again, um, which I assume they developed. Uh, they they picked the key and the rhythm based on what helps helps the rocks come off of the rock man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it uh, it creates a resonance amongst their crystals. Yeah, a sonic and tails resonance. <laughs> Shall we move on? Uh, yeah, that's all, I, I mean that's uh, about all I all, all I. Th- there's I mean, not much off, to say here. It's a sl- slim little piece. Should we should Let's, should we dance a little bit though to the um to the breakdown in it? Maybe see okay. maybe see if it takes. Let's see if it takes some of our rocks or, you know, some of the weight, some of our baggage. Let's see if it takes that off of us. See how this if it works on that level as well. Yeah, fire up that sweet little guy. Oh, can you hear? You can just hear the rocks falling off. That, or you can just hear. You can hear like just somebody giving somebody the most feverish hand job right there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just chugging away. She moved on to Rick Savage. Oh, the bass player. She's doing Pete now. Okay, anyway, that's that's that bit. Uh, Okay, successful bit. We did it. (laughs) It was great. I think the next bit we got in this uh, podcast we're doing is we move on to the next song, and that song is It, it don't, don't Matter. Matter. I think we timed that up perfectly. The cowbell was me. Um, so it's getting a little foggy in here, Stuart. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I mean I'm gonna have to go find my fog hat so I, <laughs> so I could see. You know, there is this song right off the right off the gate. <laughs> right off the Fuck gate, you. we got we got a sassy little guitar lick coming out of Stephen Pete. Yep, Stephen Pete. 
there, uh, and that's a guitar lick that's telling the listener, you know, it don't matter. This is a very grooving song. I mean, it just, it just, again, it just cruises. Now, once again, like looking at this song on its uh, surface level, you know, because I like uh, the surface of things. Uh, it don't matter. Seems like it's uh, basically the band Def Leppard's telling telling this lady, you know, I don't care. I don't. I'm not that impressed by you. It don't impress me much. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I don't. Uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. Even if you have a big flash motor and. You think you got the world at your feet? Okay, well, yeah, let's, let's just go over the, those real quick. So now in your big flash motor and your wild reputation, you're ready to hit the streets, winking at the boys, yeah, heading for the noise. You got the world at your feet. If leaving me for dead with a pistol at my head is your idea of how I'd feel, well, let me tell you, honey, before you spend all of your money, I got my hands firmly on the wheel. Yeah. So uh, some, some woman is giving him some sass. Uh, and maybe maybe take thinking too highly of herself. Uh, yeah, is he stealing her car? It kind of sounds like it, uh, except she says. Except he says, if leaving me for dead with a pistol at my head is your idea of how I'd feel. I don't really know. Oh, I, I don't really know how uh, how what what that means. This song is a bit of a mystery to me. I don't know how it fits into the thing. I f- I feel like it's just a sort of. He's he's survived the apocalypse. He's out on. Uh, he, oh, he's like a road warrior. Yeah, he's there's kind of a Mad Max thing going on here, and he is he meets. This is just a little side story, just to show how uh, how he's learning, how he's like how he's developing. You know, he's able to he's able to handle this situation where he meets, I guess, kind of a sketchy woman. I don't think this. Yeah. This is not sorrow. This song is definitely not about sorrow. It doesn't have a. It doesn't have a real romantic vibe, or it doesn't really. Yeah, it's almost like he's taking his. Uh, he's taking his power back. He's not going to mm-hmm. let women boss him around no mo. <laughs> not the way sorrow did. Nope. He he's his own man. He's going to take his car and drive away. Right. So, were you asking if she was trying to steal his car, or if he was trying no, to steal her he's, car? No, he's. I think he's stealing her car because it's. It's her big flash motor. Okay, so he's he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's carjacking a woman in this uh, in this. Yeah, I guess in this song. you know because okay. you know in the in the the grim dark wasteland of the far future, uh, you know sometimes you have to make sacrifices, and in this case, the sacrifice might be uh, this woman, and he has to convince himself, you know, it don't matter, it don't matter to me that I'm doing this to you. So let me tell you, honey, for you spend all of your money. Um, okay, so maybe she's trying to. She, so here's here's what happens. He pops up. He says, "I'm gonna need that car because the, the, there's no law anymore, and I need to get where I'm going. And this is how I get a car now. Uh, yeah. Is I steal yours." And he says, mm-hmm. well, let me tell you, honey, before you spend all your money, I got my hands firmly on the wheel. So she's trying to say, look, no, here, I've got, I've got money. I've got goods. I've got resources. I could take you somewhere and get you more money. Uh, but he's just like, no, I just want the car. It don't, it don't matter. That's, I, I, I think that's a loose interpretation, but yes. Okay, uh, how would, you, how would you clarify that for me, Stuart? I think it's a little simpler. I think it's simpler in that she, you know, they're, they're fighting over the same thing. She thinks uh, she thinks she's hot shit, and he's like, "Nope, I'm taking that car. I don't care." Okay, it's pretty simple. So, speaking of simple, let's uh, let's hear a little piece of that chorus, Alex. Okay. Don't matter. 
like a little na 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 thing going where it's like you know it's like swaying back and forth like nah it don't matter it don't matter yeah yeah, yeah. that's what the uh the cowbell in the background also kind of adds to that yeah just na 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 so uh yeah this is a this is a jamming jamming rocking tune with a really simple chorus i'd call it a club banger Hey, what do you think about the, um, is it a different story in the second verse? Backstreet lover in the cold of the evening takes you to a place he knows, says it will be fine, better make up your mind, you've cut it deep and now it shows. It's way past midnight and you travel through the city, you wonder what you should do. Well, baby, you can see, well, baby, can't you see that you've had enough of me and I've certainly had enough of you? Uh, okay, so... Uh, what are you asking, Alex? Are you saying, does this, does this continue the narrative of a guy who is fed up and is willing to do, uh, you know, he doesn't have any morals or ethics anymore because he's just doing what he has to survive? Um, well, I, I, like I said, I've, I've, I've always found this one to be a bit of a mystery because it, uh, it doesn't have a clear story. Um, what do you think if if you had to make this if you had to adapt this sto- this song into a movie what would you what would you do? What do you think you would What, okay, do, you think, what so, do you think would happen? Who would who would be what would be the who'd be the hero of it? Uh So I I'd, I'd cast myself in the lead, of course. Okay. I think I can I think I can pull it off. I got the chops. Congratulations. That's quite a Thanks. Yeah, I mean it's a major major motion picture. That's a hell of a uh, book, man. Yeah, and I'm uh well it helps when I'm the casting aide. <laughs> I'm the casting director. I'm not the director of the movie, though. Just Congratulations on your job as a casting director as well. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was it was a big get. Uh, uh, we're we're working for Warner Brothers. That's not a that's a thing. It's right? not an easy industry to get into casting. I, it's 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 all who you know. So um, again, congratulations because yeah, they they really like the podcast. So they they asked me to be uh, be a casting director. They thought it would be a sim- you know a similar skill set. So I'm going to be in the lead for this piece and I'll get uh, I'll get somebody with a lot of attitude to play the uh, at least the woman in the first verse. Who's going to be Uh, uh, Alex? Do you have a suggestion? Yeah. yeah, Can I can I be the woman in the first verse? uh, (laughs) Okay, uh, you can be the woman in the first verse. Okay, great. I think you got you got you got the uh, you got kind of the attitude you got. Thank you. Uh, well, clearly the car. So the way I would uh, I would do this, I would this use a lot of neon. This is a big get for me. This is a really big get for me because um, I'm not even a cast. Oh, well, I'm not even a casting agent. No, you're not. You you definitely aren't. And so up oh, you, you're putting on your sunglasses. I guess <laughs> I guess uh, the Hollywood lifestyle's already gotten to you. Uh, you can't even let me look in your eyes. Are you on a lot of drugs? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Hey, when can we wrap this thing up? I got a lot of shit to do. Wrap up this podcast? I think we have three more tracks, probably. I got a briefcase full of cocaine over there that is not going to get through itself, dude. A, a briefed case? Yeah. It's very small. Okay. Okay. And it's also well, been briefed on, on <laughs> the plan. <laughs> So uh, and so the plan of this movie, which I'm talking about right now. It, so yeah, the, the briefcase knows more than I do. I would shoot it entirely in front of a green screen uh, with all the costumes digitally added to our body. 
the costumes not uh, animated uh, like computer animated, but they're all going to be hand drawn. So kind of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but just the clothes. I got to I got to raise a practical question as a producer. Um, so, <laughs> whoa, you're a producer on this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big time okay. Hollywood producer now. By the way, I guess that explains how you got the uh, I was able the supporting. I role. was able to parlay this role into uh, into a producer job. So, okay. uh, so how are you gonna? So you're shooting it in t- in front of a green screen, and then you're gonna draw all the costumes on. How are you gonna distinguish? Between if we're wearing green and we're in front of a green screen, aren't we just going to look like floating heads? Or are you, what are you, how are you going to do that? So first off, normally I prefer my critiques in the form of a shit sandwich where you provide something positive about what I've done. Then the, the negative comment, then close out with something positive. So just for future, for future reference. Uh, interestingly enough, I just provided that critique, not in the form that I like to receive. So... Uh, as far as, really as far confused. as, I have no idea what's happening. Are you talking as to me? Far, Did Charlene yes. come in? Are you saying something to somebody else? No, uh, I'm explaining to you. So I think uh, as, as I, here's you're what, providing here's what, producer notes. Can to I, me. can I, can it be an open face shit sandwich and I can, and I'll provide <laughs> How about I provide a little bit of like, uh, like banana bread underneath something a little sweet, uh, shit on top of banana bread. Sounds delicious, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I actually don't know what I'm talking about because I think there are plenty of movies where they've shot in front of a green screen and had digital effects added to people's bodies later. So I, so I really, I, I don't even know why I asked that question. That's, that's easy to do in today's Hollywood. Okay, so thank you for invalidating your your critique and your concern. Yeah, so the shit's not even there. You've just got a, a slice of banana it's bread. It's like a piece of banana bread. I love it. Uh, that sounds really great. I could use that right now. Second verse, I would say, yeah, well, I'm going to need a new girl because I've left you on the side of the road. Uh, so uh, that, that new puppy that you have, what's that puppy doing? Wait, what happens What happens to me? In the, <laughs> it, it, what happens to my character? What, what happens to the two of us? Uh, well, there's, you know, we get in a, uh, you have a, uh, you have a car, you pick me up, we get in a disagreement. What, what kind of car do I have? Uh, well, it's, you know, it's like a, like a muscle car, but it's in the, in the future. So I don't know. There's a lot of spikes glued to it. There's spikes and, uh, you know, like, like bones, like you have a skull for a hood ornament. Okay. And, uh, and instead of like a little fake rabbit's foot, you have an actual rabbit's foot. Because you killed a rabbit for it, like a like a big future rabbit, like a scary, like a yeah, big, like a, like a rabbit's claw. It's like some mutant huge rabbit. Yeah, of course. That's I mean that's how you've been feeding yourself. I've been, so, I've, been I've been as I'm driving, I'm leaning over and just nibbling on the bloody hanging off bits of the of the rabbit's foot. Well, yeah, you use your engine block to heat it like a giant a giant gyro thing, like a giant <laughs> spit of gyro meat. Yeah, yeah. Do I have one of those cool knives that you hold with two hands? Uh, I, I guess, but as you said, you don't you don't use it. You just nibble on it while you're driving. Oh yeah, you can't yeah. take both your hands off the wheel to to cut this thing. <laughs> That's true. So, so you're driving along. You see me hitchhiking, and I am looking awesome. You are. Uh, I don't know exactly what my costume is going to be because, as as I said. I'm leaving that to the animators. Yeah, we haven't hired a, we haven't hired design people yet. Okay, so you pick me up. We get an argument over who's going to get the lion's share of this uh, this meat because you keep trying to eat it, but you're t- and you keep trying to lean over and hold onto it with your hands because you want to get a firm grip before you take a bite. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to bite something that's slowly rotating. Right, it's not easy and it makes you look super silly. 
Uh, Wait, when so, did you, Stuart? Pause for a second. That? When have you tried to bite something that's rotating slowly? <laughs> so, have you ever been in a Seven Eleven uh, restaurant? Uh, yes. Well, I, I, I would. I think of them more as like convenience stores or gas stations. I don't really think of them as restaurants exactly. Well, it serves food, dude. So I would say it's probably a restaurant. Okay, so a Seven Eleven so, restaurant. So I was in a 7-Eleven restaurant, and do you know how they have those wire racks that really? have uh, sausages that are heating up? Yeah, I do know. I do know about those in the convenience okay, store. Okay, so there was one night where they just did not have any buns available for those sausages, and the the guy behind the counter is like, you know, you're welcome to just put the sausage, the cheeseburger dog that you want to buy. You could just put that into one of these paper uh, boxes. And I'm like, that will be way too big for this sausage because it's meant to have a bun around it, a bun encasing it. Yeah. And it's also, it's also kind of wasteful. I mean, you just want to get that. You just want to get that thing in your throat. I mean, that's the that's the goal. Yeah. You don't need to. So you don't need to enter. You know, you know, paper doesn't need to enter into it, really. So I paid him a little extra to just let me try and take a nibble. Uh, I, pr- I made him promise not to videotape it because I assumed, rightly so, that I would look ridiculous trying to bite this thing every time it slowly goes past my face. He did videotape it, by the way. He did. He did videotape. I've it. seen it. Okay. So, uh, which is weird because you asked me when I ate something that was rotating. I didn't and know. Yet it. Now you just revealed that you saw it. I didn't know it was you, dude. You're uh, okay. I was wearing that mask. You were wearing a mask and like a nun's habit. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you I were doing. Go- I was attending a concert. <laughs> <laughs> a classical music concert. <laughs> so I stopped at a 7-Eleven restaurant. <laughs> right, right. Beforehand class- so I could I could load up on some protein so I could enjoy the classical music. Wait, was it a guy playing a saxophone outside the 7-Eleven uh, convenience store? Is that is Are that you asking, it? was that the concert? Yeah. No, I mean, that was the opening act. <laughs> That wasn't the whole concert. That'd be crazy. So speaking of classical music, uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's let's wrap up. It don't matter because, as you said, it doesn't quite fit with this narrative. It yeah. doesn't quite fit with the whole narrative of the uh, of the the themes of the album. But it's nice so to it's nice to have a little episode that just goes off somewhere else. I I think it fits in that it in that it reflects the the development of character of Joe Elliott's character that he's that he's sort of come into his own and he's in control and it don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in charge, which is funny because the next song is Answer to the Master. Um um <laughs> Okay, so uh, what do you have to say about Answer, answer to, the to the Master? Well, this song's clearly autobiographical, my man. Uh, this clearly, I agree with uh, that. This is clearly a song about a group of guys who have made a deal, maybe metaphorically, maybe literally, we'll find out, uh, with a devil. Oh, wait. In order to become an amazing rock and roll band. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, explain a little bit of that to me. So what? What? It, well, they're talking about uh, they're talking about answering to a master, 
we all know that the master in this case is uh, Lucifer. Okay. The devil himself. Go on. El Diablo. Go on. Um, and it's talking about how you can bring a light to your eyes, though you know that light is a disguise. Mm. Night is turning yes. turning to day, and you turn around and say, magic mirror, that's where the devil lives. He lives in a magical mirror. Tell me, is this heaven or hell? And he's like, you know what? That's the great thing about being a famous rock band. You think it's going to be heaven, but it might be hell too, because you might be trapped in a hole somewhere. Okay. Is that it? Or do you have more? Do you have more? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, what else do you need, Alex? Are you, do you want to refute my, yeah, what else, what else do you want from me? Well, I mean, so far there's one, so far I have one glaring pr- problem with what you're saying. Okay, <laughs> go on. And that is that it is totally wrong. It's, <laughs> it's, that is, that is nonsense. There's no way that's what this song is about. Uh, okay, Alex, then tell me what it means. But I wanted to give you a chance. To, okay, to you, you expound me, uh, on it as much as you as as you as you felt you wanted to, but uh, yeah, it was great. It, it was like you were holding the bicycle seat for me yes. as I pedaled along. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Daddy, I'm doing it. And you're like, I, you are not doing it. You let go, and I just <laughs> I run right into a fence. But I, yeah, I, I tried very hard to let you think that you were uh, that you were riding the bike there. Yep. Okay. So, answer to the master is a uh, is a is a song about self determination. Uh, this song is similar to the song. Uh, well, it's a it's a different side of the coin to um, to Michael Jackson's "Man in the Mirror," but it's the same sort of thing. We're 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 listening to a guy look at himself in the mirror and answer to quote unquote the master who you say is the devil. Uh, the master in this case is Joe Elliott. The master is the man who is looking. Wait, lead singer Joe Elliott of the band Def Leppard? Yes. He is the master, and we are all our own masters, and that's the point of this song. Listen, listen to this. When the night turns to day, in the morning, you turn around and say, Magic Mirror, please tell me, is this heaven or hell? You're talking about the world around you. Now, again, we, we should reiterate, this is a person who has been through some kind of massive change in their life. They have moved somewhere. They are an immigrant, maybe, or they're just someone moving into a new situation. And they they've say... They've loved, they've lost. Yes. Uh, wait, they've loved, they've lost. <laughs> they've loved, they've lofted and loved. Uh, they, they've fallen in love. That's my, new, that's my new home goods store, by the way. Love and loft. <laughs> All right, sweet. Do you sell Yankee candles in that? Oh man, the whole place fucking stinks of Yankee candles. <laughs> so, uh, Magic Mirror, please tell me, is this heaven or hell? You say that to your to the mirror in the morning, and then you say, "Answer to the master." And what he means by saying "answer to the master" to the mirror, he's just saying, "Mirror, tell me, me tell me." Is this heaven or hell? I determine whether today is a day in heaven or a day in hell. This is a very, um, this is a very Reagan-esque uh, uh, <laughs> theory or, or, or approach to life or philosophy about, uh, specifically about uh, immigrants, the idea that they can come to America, but they need to make, they need to determine their own fate. They need to establish themselves 
and it's not about anybody else changing. It's not about the world around you adjusting to you. It's about you determining things. And like Reagan, it's a load of crap. I mean, it's not, it's not right. It's, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the way for a whole bunch of people out there. Um, but that's, that's where Joe Elliott's mind is in this song, and we should give him some license because it's a song. It's not, it's not a, you know. Yeah, he's not a politician running exactly. for office yet. Yet. So th- that I, um, I'm sorry to, to to knock you down a little bit there. Stuart. No, your your interpretation makes way more sense. I mean, in this case, it sounds like I'm answering to the master. In this case, you're the master, Alex. Yeah, well, I am the chief hysterian here at uh, from what is it from death till we party till death do us party. Yep, that one, that one, Thank the second you. one. Okay. <laughs> You got a you got a solo for us, so we can hear a little oh, bit of shit, that sweet yeah. guitar juice. Yeah, actually, I want to I want to hear the I want to hear the drum solo because uh, this this song has a drum solo, ladies and gentlemen. Lock up your drawers. lead guitar just howls into there you know it just while everybody else is just like noodling around stopping and starting yep like right a... off the gate the guitar is howling like a puppy oh my god you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> okay so answer the master uh and that's the second to last song in the album oh and it goes oh r- i forgot about something i forgot about the uh, what might be my favorite solo guitar solo on the album. I think we should absolutely listen to this. Um, okay. This is the this is the tr- this is the triumph solo. This is uh, um, this is at about two minutes. Okay, uh, stick it in me. Triumph solo. <laughs> This person has taken charge of their life, has faced the day, and said, I live in heaven, not in hell. I don't need a magic mirror to tell me that. Except he's also the guy in the mirror, so in some ways he does need the mirror guy. Wait, he's he's in the mirror? (laughs) Yeah, he is. He's the guy in the mirror. Sort of how we all are, you know? You know how we're all the man in the mirror? Yep. We all live in the mirror world. You know about that, right, Stuart? I'm actually contractually uh, obligated <laughs> to not talk about that. <laughs> you can't talk about the mirror world? <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about the mirror That's, world. That, the mirror world is property of MaximumFun.org at this point? Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right, let's talk about the last song on this album. Which is, Well, wait, if it's the last song, why is it titled Overture? Stuart, that's an interesting question, and I'm glad you asked it. Uh... Overture, typically, as you say, is something that happens before a piece. Uh, And in this case, they put it at the end. Uh, And the reason they did that is because for an immigrant 
or for someone who's changing to a new phase of life, the end of the journey is actually the beginning of their story. Oh! And so it's almost like at the end of this album, we are seeing the dawn of a new day. Well, we absolutely are, and that's that's what this song is about. So let's let's hear a little bit. Let's hear just a little bit of the intro. But I, 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 we don't need to dwell on the intro too much because it's not really what the song is is about. It's it's sort of it's got this. Um, it fades in a little bit. It's got one thing. Uh, I think one thing you you should notice right off the bat is a is an obvious uh, obvious influence from Boston, the band Boston. Oh, okay, not the not the city Boston. Well, in the in the sense that the in the sense that the city Boston influenced the band Boston, then absolutely you're hearing the city Boston. I like to think the city of Boston is almost like a character in the band of Boston. Yeah, or, he's the lead singer. Or, or like the or like the fifth or sixth member. I don't know how many people are in Boston. Um, what's, the, what's the population of Boston? I don't, so you're saying that the city of Boston is uh, is a member of the band like, I don't know, like the city of New York is a character in every Woody Allen movie. It's, ex- it's exactly what I'm saying. I was referring specifically to that. Uh, so Overture sounds like Boston. And that is, uh, that is something that I think some Def Leppard fans took uh, umbrage with. You know, we, we talked a little bit about how they, uh, how they got in some trouble. Uh, with um, with Hello America, with the idea that they were they were pandering a little bit. Some of their UK fans were like, "Listen, we've been with you since the beginning, and you're trying so hard to be, you know, to to appeal to America right now." And now they and now they sound like Boston. But this is a I think of this as being a little bit like a like a um, like a parody mass in the, in the early. Um, do you know Do you know what a parody mass is, Stuart? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, is so that like a fake mass at church? Uh, no, it, I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like, but in the, in the early days of the church, all right. So in the, in the very, very early Catholic church, they didn't really have a hook to get people to come to church. They didn't have, you know, um, uh, the, the mass changed every week. The music was different. It was in Latin. Nobody knew what anybody was saying. Uh, and there wasn't really like a hook. They weren't playing drums. There wasn't big, it was just like a bunch of people singing, these Latin words that nobody knew what they meant. And so the way that they would hook people, the way they would get people to come to church, aside from burning them alive if they didn't go, is that they would, uh, uh, they would, they would set the, lyric, the lyrics of the mass to the, to the music of popular songs. Um, okay. And so it's called, like, it's called uh, like, a juke- like, like a jukebox musical. Yeah, or like the show Glee or something. You know, the, 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 you're watching you're going to this thing and you're hearing songs that you know and that you love and that you've heard a million times and it, and it, you know, it makes you familiar with all of it and, uh, and it puts you at ease because you're not hearing strange new music that you haven't heard before and therefore do not like. But the, um, the, the now the, the church eventually turned on parody mass and they were, and it was, uh, it was banned from, uh, from the liturgy at the council of Trent in like the okay. in like the 1600s or something, and and you can easily you can easily see why taking uh, other people's musical sounds would be a bad thing in a lot of ways. People thought it cheapened the mass, uh, and it is cheap. I mean, I think the show Glee is kind of cheap in the way that it does that. 
but that's a hot take patented Alex Smith hot take. Yeah. Uh, I, I came to that, uh, decision easily without ever watching an episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Informed opinion corner. Yep. Uh, so the, but the, the good thing about parody mass in the right hands, it can do something really wonderful like it does here where we, where we are the, uh, brought into the new world. We feel like we're in the new world because we're hearing music that sounds like Boston. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long way to go to get there, but that is that is why I think this song. I think they they it's it's tone painting. They used the sound of Boston to tell us that we've landed on Plymouth Rock and we're in America. Yep, Pl- we flew over to New America in this Boston-style spaceship. Yeah, and then we laser blasted down on some kind of rainbow wave that they have on their cover. Exactly. And then, okay. So, uh, and this song, obviously, I mentioned before on uh, the Side A episode that uh, this album features a triptych with three songs I feel that specifically go together. And this is the final part of that. This would go along with Rock Brigade. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Walls Come Tumbling Down and Overture. Yeah. I had a feeling this would be the, the, this would be the third part. And, you, and you're totally right. You're right that these three songs... Did you songs... have more than a feeling that this was the third part? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been such a long time uh, that I've had this feeling that... Um, what's the other one? Ma- Madeline or something? <laughs> There's one that's just... One that's like... <laughs> uh, what? Slow play, long time? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so right off the bat, smoking, we got a banging smoke, tune. Smoking, yep, smoking. <laughs> yep, rock and roll band. You want? You just want to talk about Boston songs? Uh, so right out of the bat, overture. We got right out of the gate. Shut we up. got <laughs> right out of the gate. We got uh, some sweet messages. We got this uh, little community building on the ashes of the former world, out of the former civilization. And uh, it, it brings a message of hope along with it. If you, if you uh, this remember, this is also a super long song compared to the rest of the album. It is. Right? It is. This and this and walls came tumbling down have an epic quality to them. Like uh, you, you know, in the sense like, like, like a epic, Boston epic quality. Ep- yeah, epic epic poetry. <laughs> um, and also when the walls came tumbling down starts with the word. It says, "But we understood." Uh, and then the first line, and this this kind of if, if you're into the parallel timeline theory of how to how to deal with this, um, that the strongest case you can make for the parallel timeline is overture and when the walls came tumbling down happening at the same time because this is about a new world beginning and when the walls came tumbling down is about an old world falling apart and maybe it's this new world that's causing the old world to fall apart. And that one ends with that one. The, the first line of that song is, but we understood the grand finale. And the first line of this one is, and with this message that I bring to you, a beacon of light to see you through. So they're connected, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And you got silver warriors as opposed to evil rock men showing up. Yep, the Silver Warriors are going to defend people with their swords and shields. They're ta- swords. They talk about replanting the seeds. Yeah, there's a W in swords. I don't know if. And you, you know where you, you, uh, know you know where you replant you you plant a seed in a hole, just like where he was stuck in the song "Wasted." Wow! Holy shit, Stuart. Yep. Um, and I, I, uh, I, you just grew up right in front of my eyes. I just saw you bike <laughs> away into the into the sunset, and yep. And now you can't. Now you're. <laughs> You're answering to this master. Yep. Uh, you just came in and asked if you could borrow the car keys, and I haven't seen you in weeks. Man, 
it's just a it's a real Harry Chapin situation. Yep. Uh, so the or that uh, or that cats in the cradle song. That's what I that's what I was referring to. That's wait, Harry, Harry, Harry Chapin wrote that song. <laughs> Are you allowed to say wait what? <laughs> Are you allowed to go what? Huh? Come no, on. I didn't say the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, we why don't you uh, why don't you give us a little sweet taste of this uh, beautiful music? Yeah, there's a ton of stuff in here that you could listen to. There there is uh, I, I do want to talk just a second about the lyrics there's a oh man um, i'm champing at the bit for some sweet juice in my ears uh a holy man does there's a lot of poetic kind of uh hopeful uh platitudinal language in this uh for the time is on our side and a holy man does say to me to always be blind and never to see which uh uh, is a uh, that's bad advice i don't think that's good advice that's um uh i don't i don't know I don't know why they're suggesting that we should all be blind. I, I, no offense to blind people, but that's not a good, uh, that's not a good bit of wisdom to impart to somebody. Aerosmith has the same thing where they have a, a song called blind man. You know, that song blind man. It's off big ones. Uh, is that, uh, is that the song about having, uh, making love in an elevator? It is. It is. And there's a little, there's a little pocket in that song where he talks to a blind man and the blind man teaches him how to really see. Oh, okay. I guess he could run in into like a blind a, person on an elevator. In like a daredevil kind of way. Um, okay. Which that makes more sense than this does. This is just saying a holy man who presumably is not blind is just saying always be blind. Which I don't, I don't, I don't think that's good advice. But anyway, I said that. So, uh, it, I mean, it carries on the theme of them uh, saying the saying the opposite thing to conventional wisdom, like the idea that walls tumbling down being a good thing normally is seen as a bad thing here. Yeah, the world is the world is upside down. Uh-huh. Blind is sight now. <laughs> blind, blind, blind is sight. <laughs> Raves Alex Smith. <laughs> Okay. Salt so, is pepper, pepper is salt. <laughs> you ready, Stuart? Oh, wow. That was my tambourine. That's not in the mix. So it really starts to rock there. Uh, it, it kicks in, and the time has come to gather up your thoughts, for you have said your peace. The Lords of Light will change this land from famine into feast. Hopeful, yeah, optimistic. Really, it's really smoking at this point. Uh, let's let's we've we've kind of already discussed the general gist. So I want to jump ahead to we can replant the seed, and hear the the solo that happens there. This is the this is replanting the seed represented in music. Uh, if I can get this thing to scroll, like the seed grows to a beautiful solo plant. Yeah, replanting the seed in a hole, like having sex with a woman in a in a hole. Mm-hmm. And the the tree, I guess, has clef notes for fruit. What treble treble clefs? <laughs> the seed. The 
roads ahead are long and winding on which the bandits thrive. So there is still, there's still a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're still moving. Our story is still going on. Uh, so this is real, this is real, you know, life, life, there's no happy endings here. Um, though there is a lot of optimism. Uh, should we just, um, I mean, uh, the rest of it's all just more kind of stuff like that. Uh, is there anything else about w- the lyrics? I wouldn't say platitudes, but they're, they're, they're messages of positivity. Yes. Of rebirth and regrowth. And, str- and which strength. Which is fitting for the... Yeah, fitting for the end of an album that has talked so much about, uh, you know, birth, life, death. Movement. And the cycle. Yep, yeah, it's like a, like an Ouroboros. It's, it's cyclical. Um, yeah. Uh, it, Wonderful. Like, it, it's not unlike The Matrix or Battlestar Galactica in that it's, uh, that it's entirely cyclical and, and the specific choices you make don't ultimately matter because you just end up back where you were. Spoilers for people who haven't seen The Matrix. We'll put a message at the beginning of the episode so people who haven't seen The Matrix won't won't listen to the episode. Um, so, You're spoiling uh, The Matrix by watching The Matrix, really. I mean, that's how most stories are spoiled <laughs> as you watch them. <laughs> so let's uh, let's. I've been thinking the whole time I was thinking this album since we we've now wrapped up the album, Alex. Well, hold on, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think we have. I don't think we have. Let's hear when this song uh, really, really explodes at the end of it. Okay. Oh, I should say it builds up. It builds through through a series of uh, so- guitar solos and stuff, and a little wah wah solo, which is really cool. It goes to whoa whoa yeah. He's uh, Joe starts singing whoa whoa yeah. Now, Stuart, what do you think whoa whoa yeah in this context? What do you think he's actually saying there? Well, when I hear that, I'm imagining a dude who is uh, trying to ride on a boogie board. Okay. And the waves are just too dang big for that guy. So he's going, whoa, whoa, yeah. So the yeah is good. Exactly. There's a moment of like concern because he's losing control. I like the character in the song Wasted. I I think of it as uh, as your as as the the oxen in your field are you're planting the seed. And so you've got the oxen coming along with the plow and you're saying, whoa, whoa, yeah. And then they're coming forward. They're coming forward to the sound of the wah-wah guitar solo. And then you're saying, whoa, whoa, you got to stop there so we can plant more seed. That's how I, that's how I take that moment. But th- I guess that's minuscule. But anyway, Like, whoa, whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah, that's perfect. That's just as far as we need you to come. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, let's, th- 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 this gets real heavy, real metal, and real awesome right here. Basically, it, it just it peaks there, and then it goes it goes it, it fades out and goes back into that very uh, that light opening thing, and he sings one more verse, and then we're done. Oh, I'm sorry, Stuart. So you have you have more to say. We I think we've covered it. 
covered what this song is yeah, about. Yeah, so for I like it. It's uh, it's like for one final fleeting moment, they're like, hey, everybody, we are totally a metal band. Mm-hmm. band. Remember, back to the Boston stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, so Overture wraps up. That's the end of the album. And what I uh, I have a question for you, Alex. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. Uh, probably inspired by the cover art. But imagine you were standing in a field at night, and lo and behold... A alien spaceship lands next to you. Maybe it looks like a semi, like a semi truck with a flatbed behind it with a giant guitar. Oh Who my knows? god! So you're there, and you are ta- you are representing the entire human race, and all you have to show this the summation of human experience and art is your cassette tape of on through the night. Uh, on through the night. So what song would you play these aliens? To let them know about real style rock and roll. What song from On Through the Night would I play if I can only? Why? Why? How come I can only play one? The, the, you can only play one song. They're, they're really strict. They're, they're like are they in a we. Hurry? They are in a hurry. They're they, they they have a lot of they have a lot of planets to go to to drop what pre- pre- presents off like, guitar presents off. Yeah, they, they they have a short attention span. You know, you gotta you gotta catch them with a hook. Okay, you gotta I, hook the aliens. I gotta hook the aliens. Uh, honestly, only one song. Uh, the Hello America is a little too provincial. It's it, it's like it's just it, it's it's one. They're not gonna get the references. They're not They're gonna aliens, get the references. You know? uh, Rock Brigade is is scary. Um, Sorrow is a woman. Uh, I'm going to come back to Sorrow as a Woman because there's a possibility. No, no, that's, again, that's too specific. Um, and if they don't like Spanish-sounding, there's a chance that guitar guys are super specific, so there's a chance they're going to not like Spanish-sounding guitar and they're going to hate that song. It could be you, no. Um, satellite, maybe. When the walls came tumbling down, I uh, I wouldn't want to subject them to that. Wasted, no. Rocks off, no. It don't matter. No answer to the master is probably my top choice because it. I think it represents the uh, human spirit, the human sense of determination more than any of the other songs. Um, although, although overture or when the walls came tumbling down would offer. Uh, I, I'd be I'd be picking a longer song, so I might be able to explain more to them. They might. Uh, yep. They might. Overture sounds a lot like Boston, though, my man. That's true. Yeah, if they don't like Boston sounding stuff, they they might uh, they might not like Overture. So it'd be it'd be between when the walls. It's definitely between when the walls came tumbling down and answer to the master for me. Okay, uh, I th- I think that's a pretty good choice. I would have uh my mine was between answer to the master and wasted because wasted is just a rocking tune. Okay, and I can see those aliens just tapping their little uh, one of their four feet on the ground as they jam along to it. Of course, now if they don't speak English, now remember, uh, Rocks Off would be a great choice because it's not really lyrically heavy and it would just, it would give everybody an opportunity to just dance, just dance their rocks off. Uh, that's, that's true. It would allow the aliens to get their rocks off since they're probably way into that. Yeah. They're probably, uh, like a silica based life form. Yeah. So, so uh, and while they're distracted dancing, I could be, uh, I could be unwrapping that sweet guitar in the back and and uh just unwrapping it slowly and hoping uh, hoping trying to figure out a way to does it have a button that will shrink it down to human size or are you going to play it by like 
Tom Hanks and Big. This is your scenario, dude. What What's it got? How do I... <laughs> Yeah, no, you'd have to play it like Tom Hanks and Big. Like, you'd have to be like Joe Satriani surfing along the edges of those guitar. Oh, God, uh, that would be so sweet if I was surfing down the strings of the guitar, making a pick slide sound. There's got to be a poster of Joe Satriani doing that. (laughs) Surfing down the neck of a guitar, like causing sparks to fly out behind him. Yeah, Yeah. that would be awesome. Okay, so one thing we've we've mentioned a little bit... uh, just for for you know our our podcast is one of the many ways that people are introduced to the band Def Leppard, mm-hmm. and we've mentioned uh, we've mentioned lead vocalist Joe Elliott, and we've mentioned Rick Savage, the bassist. Who are the rest of the members of Def Leppard, Alex, on this <laughs> album? Uh, on on through the night, the 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 band at the beginning, uh, Joe Elliott, Rick Savage, uh, Pete Willis was the uh-huh. one of the guitarists, and then Steve Clark was the other guitarist. Uh, I think at this point he was the newest member of the band. Uh, and then um, Rick Allen, of course, the young 15-year-old drummer at this point. On, on, the, on the skins. Yes. So uh, if you say you, somebody puts a gun to your head, okay, and they say, Alex, you need to award the, the title of MVP for this album to one of those five dudes. Uh, why, why do I need a, I, I would just, I would, first of all, first of all, I would tell them they could put away the gun cause I would love to do that anyway. They, they trust you and they slowly put the gun back in the holster that they keep under their jacket. It's a okay. concealed carry holster. All right. And now, okay? and now and I'm, they, I'm frantically hitting the uh, alarm button underneath my desk, uh, as I, as I, as I slowly stall for time. Uh, and say, hmm, Rick Allen, uh, who could it be? Uh, Pete Willis, Steve Clark. MVP status, huh? MVP status. Uh, Just one. I'm giving it to Pete Willis. Oh. Well, he hasn't recorded, he didn't record that many albums with the left. Spoiler alert. So maybe, is that a, is that a, like a courtesy? Or are you just being <laughs> charitable? Well, okay. Uh, it's, it's a combination of a, of, yeah, of a consolation uh, award um and the in the sense that he that this is this was when he was in the band and he got kicked out soon after uh and also it's a very guitar driven record and it's also a record that sounds a little different i i i think i i have to believe that steve clark had a slightly different aesthetic uh than pete willis did because this album is so much more metal than high and dry the next record so I'm thinking that the that that the style was really influenced. These songs were influenced by Pete Willis's uh, aesthetic more. So he gets he gets the MVP for both both of those reasons. That all makes perfect sense, dude. So it looks like we are winding down here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I think we've uh, I think we've talked about this album probably maybe even a little too much. Oh wow, we've we've worn out our cassette. So we uh, at this point we're gonna. I think it's about time to sign off. Uh, you can. My name is Stuart Wellington. You can normally find me on Twitter at, at @flophousecat, and you can hear me on the internet by logging on to my podcast, theflophousepodcast.com. Theflophousepodcast.com. You say. Yep, where we review uh, we review bad movies uh, and talk about other stuff. Yeah, who else is on that podcast? Uh, Dan McCoy and L.A. Kalen, two other funny guys. Ah, they're funny as well. <laughs> Thanks. And Alex, what are you up to? Uh, Stuart, I do a lot of things. 
Oh, uh, okay. Continue. Uh, mostly I do a Def Leppard podcast. Uh, okay. I am in a band called Lydia Burrell, uh, where I sing and play guitar. And um, I am also, I make videos on YouTube under the name of Howl Dotty. Uh, those are kind of funny and I perform live as Howl Dotty. It's kind of a stand up, uh, kind of a stand up music thing. And then, uh, I tweet under the name at Lydia Burrell. It's a woman's name, two R's, two L's. And that's it. That's what I do. Okay, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you.